Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Amen. Amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 23. Amen. Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 22. And we're going to read just a few verses in your standing. Amen. Again, we say happy Father's Day to all of our fathers and all of you men. Amen. You may not have children in this church, but your example, they're watching you. So I want to thank you. Many, many of you men I've come to privately and thanked you because your character, your integrity, your worship, amen, has, has helped to mold me into the man that I am. And I, we should never be to the place that we can't learn from others. Amen. We should never be to the place that we can't learn from others. And so again, I say happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are in this building today. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22 says, hearken or listen to your father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth. We know this verse. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. And then verse 24, the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begatteth a wise child shall have joy of him. I'm going to read that from the the English Standard Version, that last verse. It says, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Everybody say, He who fathers. And I want to preach for a little while this morning on this thought, more than just a father. Amen. More than just a father. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. By definition, a father is a male parent. Amen. Even in 2022, it's still a father is a male parent. It is any man that has procreated, a man that is work, has been a part of the process of producing a child. To be a father truly does not make, in the biological sense of what it means to be a father, it really doesn't take a lot of effort. It doesn't take a lot of work. It doesn't require much sacrifice to be a father. I read, kind of contrary to that, I read the story of a man that was waiting, and mothers, you might get a chuckle out of this, a mother that, uh, a father that was waiting, a to-be father, waiting in the lobby of the hospital, pacing back and forth for minutes that turned into hours, and to him it felt like it was days that he had been waiting in the lobby of that hospital. His stomach was in knots as he waited for the news of the delivery of his child. This was Years previous before they could tell the gender of the baby before it is born. And so he's pacing back and forth. One, just making sure that it's a healthy baby. Two, not sure what if it's a boy or a girl. And so he's pacing back and forth through the lobby of the the hospital there. And finally he collapses on the edge of his seat, overcome with anxiety and suffering. And so he just sits there rocking back and forth on the chair. Beads of sweat forming on his brow. When... 
through the lobby comes the, the nurse. The doors swing open. She walks in and says, congratulations, sir. You are the proud father of a little girl. The relieved father wiped his brow and proclaimed, thank God she's a girl so she doesn't have to go through what I just went through. Anyway, I don't know. I thought it was a good one. All the ladies. I mean, that's poor guys, right? We're out there. My, my wife about squeezed my hand off during. I mean, anyway, all right, I'll move on. Honestly, the, the biological uh, process of what it takes to be a father, to produce a child, doesn't take much effort on our part. We're not really the ones sacrificing that much. So in the noun sense of the word, being a father does not require a lot of work and it's not a great call for sacrifice. However, the verb tense of the word father, or we would say it to father, means to create, to found, and to originate. To, to father something means that I am the origin of that. I am the source of that. That I am the beginning of something new that is being formed. To, to father something is to be the source or the origination of something. Originators are pioneers. They are trailblazers. They make new paths. They, they don't allow what used to be to determine what can be. Amen. That's what a pioneer is. It's somebody that, that doesn't look to, to yesterday to de decide what tomorrow be, but, it, but instead they make up their mind that, that no matter what yesterday looked like, no matter how bad it might have been, no matter what the circumstances might have looked like, that yesterday does not have to determine what tomorrow can be. Amen. This is the work and the sacrifice of fathering. To be a father, all you have to do is be involved in the process of procreating a child. But fathering is a different thing. Fathering is saying to a next generation that it doesn't have to be like it used to be. Fathering is saying, I'm going to go through the effort. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put forth the energy. Amen. I'm going to put forth the work and the sacrifice that it takes. Amen. To create a new future and a new tomorrow for my world and for my children. Fathering is rejecting the idea that what has been is what will always be. It's deciding that I'm not going to allow the limitations of previous generations to be the same limitations that govern my children. So I ask us this morning if you would turn in your Bibles to the very first book of the Bible the book of Genesis and the first chapter of the book of Genesis, I want us to look this morning at just a few, for a few minutes, at the ultimate example of what it means to father, to be the source, to be the origin, to step into a circumstance and say, I'm going to change the way things have been. I'm going to be the catalyst and the change agent. I'm going to introduce hope where there may have never been hope before. For every father that is here today that refuses to accept the limitations that society is trying to place upon our children. And can I tell you today what this world needs today more than anything is fathers. Let me rephrase that. What the world needs right now more than anything is men to father. 
There's so much confusion that is taking place in our world right now, and the minds of our children are being perverted by the things of this world. We need men that will step up and say, we're going to father our children. Amen. We are going to father our children. For every father that refuses to believe that the limitations that you might have been given, amen, that you might have been handed, you have, you're deciding today just because I was given a circumstance does not mean that's what I'm going to give to my children. Amen. As the father, this is what it means to father. It means that you have the God-given right, that you have the God-given ability, and you have the God-given authority to establish a new beginning, a new origin, and a fresh start. Amen? That is the authority that you have as a man of God. We are given the supreme example of what our world needs and our society need right now. And again, that is strong men that are ready to start something new to create a new hope for your families and to blaze new trails for your children. And in the very first chapter of Genesis, we are given the perfect template of a father. The first four words of Genesis, the first four words of your Bible, establish God not just as our father, but as the father of all creation. Amen. John chapter 1 verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things. Everybody say all things. Amen. All things were made by Him. Amen. You're not the product of a couple of cells that crawled out of an ocean somewhere. Amen. And evolved into a human being. Amen. You are the product of a mighty God who created you in the beginning of time. All things were made by him. God is the father. Amen. Amen. He is the father in creation. He is the son in redemption. And he is the Holy Ghost in regeneration. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In the beginning, God created. Right there in those words. In those first four words, in the beginning, five words, God created, sorry. It establishes that God is the Father. He is the origin, He is the source, and He is the beginning. Everything that breathes today had its beginning in God. He is, even the atheist who, who declares, I don't know God, I don't love God, I don't believe, He is still their Father. Because He is the source of all life. And all life proceeds from him. Notice in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, the conditions that existed, because here's the fact, there are some men that weasel out on their role of being a father because they weren't given optimal circumstances. Hey man, I'm not, this isn't the best situation, it's not the best circumstance. Let me tell you, when God first stepped in, the Bible said that the earth was void and there was no form upon it. God stepped into chaos and said, yeah, I can step into chaos, but I'm not going to leave it that way. Dad, you don't need to step into the best circumstances, amen, to create life. You don't need to step into the best circumstances to give your children a better future and a better hope.
the conditions that existed when God began fathering. Not just to be a father, but he began fathering. He said, I'm going to be the source. If there's going to be a change from chaos to life, somebody's got to step in. And so that's what a father does. A father steps in when there's chaos and says, I'm not going to leave it this way. Yeah, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some energy. Amen, I can't sit on the couch and watch football all day. Amen, I can't sit in my recliner and play video games all night. It's going to take some work. If I'm going to move from chaos to life, I'm going to have to exert some energy. The Bible says the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. God, the ultimate father, the origin and the source of all things, he stepped into chaos and he began fathering. Amen. Fathering is not bound by what it inherits. He walked into chaos and he walked out with life. Amen. Let me tell you what God's solution is for the chaos of our world today. It's fathering. Amen. It's strong men that will step into situations and say, I'm going to step out better than I walked in. Amen. I'm not going to leave this situation the way that I found it. I'm not going to, listen, we need strong men in this hour. I know you can father. Anybody with the biological capabilities can be a father, but can you father? Can you step into chaos and bring order to it? Can you step into chaos and speak life and hope into it? Amen. Let me tell you what. God's solution for this craziness going in our world today is strong men. It's the very opposite. The world is telling us today that masculinity is toxic. Can I tell you why that is? Because the devil knows that's the very thing that is the order that is the cure for what's going on. Masculinity is not toxic. Amen. Masculinity is God's provision. You bring order to chaos by being a strong man and saying, devil, get out of my home. Devil, get out of my family. Devil, get out of my children. We need some Joshua's in this generation that will stand up and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's not weak, feminized men. That accept, that just accept the chaos. Well, just that way it is, I guess. I guess that's just the way the world's going to be, and we limp away. That, that ain't God's order, God's order. He said, I'm going to tell you, here's how you fix it. You step into chaos, and you start creating. You become the source. You become the origin. You become the beginning. You start speaking faith into your children. You start speaking hope into your community. You start bringing life into everything around you. I know y'all don't like this kind of preaching, but I'm going to preach anyhow. I know I'm speaking to a spirit world that hates every word I'm saying, but we don't need sissified, feminized men. We need strong men that know who you are. You may not be in the best circumstances, but make something out of it. Speak life into your children. Speak hope into your family. God's solution for chaos is strong men. 
that step into chaos and calamity and determine. Here's what we determine. Things can be better. It doesn't have to stay chaos. All this situation needs is some fathering. All this situation needs is somebody to do some fathering and things can get better. That's what God did in the beginning. He stepped into chaos and said, I'm going to do some fathering. I'm going to become the father of all things. And, and one chapter later, everything looked different because all it needed was a father. I want to challenge the dads that are in this house today. Our world doesn't need procreators that know how to make babies. We got plenty of those. Our world needs fathers who know how to raise children. Somebody said, say it one more time for the people in the back. I'm going to say it for everybody one more. Our world does not need procreators that know how to make babies. Amen. Our world needs fathers that know how to raise children. And here's the great thing about the Bible. It doesn't just tell us what needs to be done. It gives us instruction on how it's to be done. So how did God take chaos and turn it into paradise? By the time he was done, it was. It was that. Until Adam and Eve fell in sin, it was paradise. God stepped into chaos, and he did some very specific things that I believe if we will pattern our fathering after those things, we can step. I don't care how chaotic the situation is. I don't care how bad it is, how bad the circumstances are, how bad what you were handed to you. Amen. You may not have had a father. Amen. Somebody to show you the way. But if you'll follow the scripture, your children can be blessed. And so I'm not going to preach long today, and that doesn't mean anything. It's just a little message of hope at the beginning. But I want to give us four very simple things that God did in Genesis to take chaos and produce paradise. And again, I'm not, I don't want to say that your home has got to be paradise. There's going to be problems because we're not God. But as fathers, we can take chaos and we can turn it into something that's life-producing. Here's the first one, Genesis 1-3, and God said... That's it. First, the first template for, for fathering is, and God said. Seven times in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible tells us God said in a creative tone. Seven times God said, and something was produced. Amen. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be a firmament, and it was so. God said, let the waters be gathered together, and let land appear, and it was so. And I could go on four more times. The principle is this, that God opened his mouth, and he spoke. Amen. We need speaking men in this hour. We don't need silent men. Amen. We don't need passive men. We need speaking men. We need men that will walk down to an altar and your children hear you praying over them. We need men that your children hear you singing over them. It may not sound very good. There's a reason I'm not on the praise team. And it's not just because I'm the preacher. It's because I don't, that's not my place. But my children this morning, Cameron heard me. I got the words all wrong. She was like, it's all right, dad. But you know what? I want her to hear me sing. She needs to hear my voice. Amen. Because when God started speaking, chaos became paradise. When God started fathering, amen, chaos became life. And dads, when you'll open your mouths and begin speaking life over your children. 
Our words are powerful, dads. Did you know that? That your voice is powerful. Proverbs 18, 21 tells us, here's how powerful your words are, that life and death are in the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What I say or don't say. Sometimes it's not just what you say. Sometimes it's what you don't say. Amen. Your children need to hear you say you love them. Your children here need to hear you say you're proud of them. Amen. Your children need to hear you correct them. Your children need to hear you say that God is important. Your children need to hear you say, get in the car, we're going to church. If you tell your children they can't, they won't. You can't do that. You're not good enough. You're not. Guess what? They won't. They'll they'll believe you. If you tell them they can, they will. If you speak life, they will live. If you speak death, they will cease to live. Listen, in the absence of the words of a father, others begin speaking. That's what's going on in our society today. Fathers have become silent. Amen. Fathers have become silent and passive. And in the absence of fathers speaking up, society is speaking. And school boards are speaking. Perversion is speaking. Why? Don't blame it on them. It's the absence of the father. Amen. That the world is just doing what it always does. We need dads to start speaking up. Fathers have become silent, so the world is speaking. Fathers, you need to speak over your children. I don't care how old your children are. I'm 46, and I still get phone calls a couple times a week from my dad, and he's speaking life over me. Amen. My children, Brooke is 23, and I still take time to tell her how much I love her and how beautiful she is and how proud I am. Why? Because if I don't, somebody else is going to step in. If I don't tell her the things she needs to hear, somebody else is going to. Dads, I want to challenge you. If you want to get rid of chaos and you want to bring forth life, you got to open your mouth. I want to hear some men lift up your voices right now and give praise unto God. Here's what I, I just for a minute, I don't want any lady. I just want the men. This isn't me being chauvinist right now. I just want to hear the men for a moment. I want you men to lift up your voices. I want these children to hear men. Praise God. Come on, men, I want you to lift up your voices right now. Ladies, I want you to hear the sound. Amen. These men are not ashamed of the gospel. They're not afraid to stand for truth. They're not afraid to stand for holiness. Listen, men, if we lift our voice, we can hand our children something better. If we lift up our voice, we can give our children something better. We got to speak. We don't have any right to complain about what's going on in our world if we're silent. When we consume five nights a week sitting in front of a video game and then we complain about the perversion. Well, that's why the perversion's there. Because you're, you're obstructed with other things. Speak. Speak. Open your voice. Open your mouth. Speak. Let your voice out. In the beginning, God spoke. He said, let there be. And there was. The second thing that we find in the scripture, this principle of fathering. In Genesis 2 and 7, the Bible says the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Amen. He created the sun and the stars by speaking. 
He created the waters and the earth by speaking. He created the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea by speaking. But when God came to man, he didn't just speak and say, let there be man. The Bible says he reached down into the dust. And the Bible says he formed. That word formed that is used there is the, the, the Hebrew word ratzar. And it speaks of a potter. It, 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 it is the action of a potter as he reaches down into that clay. And he begins to shape it and mold it. And that is what God did in the beginning. He got his hands involved in humanity. Amen. And that is what took from chaos and produced paradise is when God got his hands involved. Amen. I want to tell you the second thing that we've got to do is we've got to shape life. Number one, we speak life. Number two, we shape life. Most of what God created during the six days of creation came about by the spoken word. But when he came to humanity, he didn't simply speak. He reached down. The Bible says he formed. If we're going to father our children, if we're going to be the source of a new beginning, the origin of hope, Amen. I don't want my children to try to, to just do what I've done. I want them to do better than I've done. Amen. I, I want them to have a closer relationship with God than I have. Amen. I, I want them to be blessed beyond what I've been given. If I want to give them that, then I've got to form them. I've got to engage my hands in their lives. I've got to involve my hands. If we're going to father our children... If we're going to be the source and the origin, it's not enough to just speak. We must shape. I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this harsh. Please understand this. I think it makes a point, though. There are some circumstances where it can't be avoided. But child support is not a check in the mail. Again, I know there are some circumstances where that's all you can do. Because of relationships that have gone south, you're, you're kind of limited to sending that check. But child support is not a check and it's not a deduction that comes out of your payroll. Child support is what you dads are doing today that have brought your children. That's child support. Child support is when you get your kids in the car on a Sunday morning when maybe you could be out fishing somewhere, but you pull up in the church parking lot and you bring your kids into the house of God. Amen. Child support is when you pray for your children. Child support is when they watch you worship in the house of God. Child support is when you show them how you treat a woman by how you treat their mother with respect and devotion. I don't want my relationship, my, my children to be mitigated to a check in the mail. I want it to be that you've felt me pray for you and that you watch me worship. Amen. That you've watched the way that I've treated. That is child support. If child support is nothing more than a check, then that child becomes an expense. But time spent every day is an investment. My children are not, ex oh, they're expensive. Don't get me wrong. But my kids are not an expense. They're an investment. They're an investment. That the greatest return on investment you can ever get is in your children when you raise them up in the house of God. And, and, and guess what? God didn't just check out after 
Genesis 2 and 7 where he reached down and formed man from the dust of the clay. The Bible tells us that chapters later that God would come every day in the cool of the evening and he would walk with Adam and Eve. He would say, listen, your children need your time. They don't just need to hear a check from you. They don't just need you to give them gifts. They don't just need you to speak words over them. They need you to spend time with them. Amen. They need you to pray with them. They need you to walk with them. They need you to talk with them. That's how we follow. And he didn't bail out when they messed up. He didn't, well, you guys messed up, I'm out of here. He stuck around. Amen. He, he stuck around and found a solution for their shame. Amen. He found a solution for their, for their failure. He, he stuck around and didn't lead. I want to tell you today, we need some dads that are going to be committed not just to being a father, but to fathering. Pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. My dad wasn't there for me, and his dad wasn't there. You don't understand the, the circumstances. You missed the whole point. That's what fathering is. It's about saying it doesn't matter what was handed to me. It doesn't matter what generations before me look like. I'm a father, and fathers know how to change things. Fathers do the hard work of saying my children are going to have it better than I had it. The third thing that God did, see, there's only four, and I'm almost on three already. Even if you don't like what I'm preaching, you got to be somewhat excited that I'm almost done. Somebody said yes, all right. Genesis 1-4. <laughs> Genesis 1-4. And God saw the light, and it was, that it was good. And he divided the light from the darkness. I, I, here's, I, want, I want to use this scripture the third thing that God did and that, 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 that is a principle of fathering is he nurtured life. Amen. He, he said, I've got to create the right atmosphere for there to be life. He didn't, just, he didn't just skip. We had a Bible study earlier this week and we were talking about this. He didn't just skip to the fifth day of creation, Brother Alberti, where he started making animals and, that lived on the land. He didn't just skip to the sixth day of creation where he created mankind. If God hadn't done what he did on days one, two, three, and four, then what he created on days five and six would have died. But God did the hard work of saying, you know what? I've got to create the right environment. I've got to create the right atmosphere. Amen. Before I ever create humanity, I need to create the right environment so that the next generation can thrive and reproduce. As dads, we've got to create the right environment in our homes. This is not going to be an environment of doubt and fear. It's not going to be an environment of negativity. It's going to be a healthy environment. Here's a point. You've heard me preach this before if you've been around, but I like it so much i got to say it again. Six times in Genesis chapter 1, God said it, it is good, or it was good to be specific. He looked back on the day of creation six times and said it, it was good. He, said, he looked at the sun, the light, said it was good. Six times he said it was good. One time, in Gen I believe it's at the end of chapter 1, the beginning of chapter 2, the Bible says that God sees Adam alone, and God says it is not good for man to be alone. Listen, there's a, 
there's a ratio there that would help the environment in our homes. Six times God looked and said it is good, and one time God looked and said it's not good. Sometimes we get that so backwards that all we can do is find the bad and find the fault and find things that are wrong, and we rarely ever point what is good. You can change the environment in your home by stop nagging what's not good and start pointing out what is good. How many of you got some good things going on in your home? How many of you you got children that are good kids? Guess what? They need to know that you know that. If the only time you talk to A, your room's not clean. You got a bad grade on that test. They got A's on everything else, but you got a bad grade on that one. And all we do is point out the negative. The environment in your home is going to be toxic. But God gave us a recipe in Genesis chapter 1. He said, listen, if you'll say it is good more than you say it's not good, amen, it will be an atmosphere that sustains life. Amen, I want my children to know that I'm proud of them. I want them to know that I love them. Amen, I want my home and my family to be a positive place. An environment that nurtures life is an environment that looks for the good doesn't mean we skip over the bad he did say it's not good one time but guess what the one time in Genesis 2 and 18 that he said it's not good he he had a solution in mind so many times we just say it's not good just for the sake of airing our gripes and complaints out and it becomes a negative atmosphere if we say something's not good we should have a solution that's tied to that amen and if we'll do that if we'll become more positive in fact right now why don't you turn to your family member and tell them something good about them Some of you are thinking, that shouldn't have taken that long. Valerie, you look beautiful today. You're an amazing wife. I love you. Amen. It should roll off of our lips. Easily come off of our lips. Just good things. So so beautiful. Are there there problems? You know, are there things probably, maybe, probably not about Valerie, but I'm sure some of you, right? Are there negative things that I, if I looked hard enough, If I looked hard enough, are there flaws that I could find out? Yeah, but I promise you there's more that she could find about me. But if we look for the good, if we'll create that positive environment, and if there is something that needs to be pointed out and corrected, I want to have a solution that goes along with that. Amen. God didn't just speak life and form life. He nurtured life. It's time for our homes to be the best place our families can be. Amen. It's time for our children to say, I can't wait to get back home. My home is such a positive environment. My life was not just shaped by my dad as my pastor and my preacher. Certainly that was a lot of it. But let me tell you, a big part of what shaped my life was two gloves and a baseball. My dad would take me in the yard practically every day, and we'd just throw the ball back and forth. And my life was shaped not just by what he did on Sunday, but by the way he spent time with me on Monday. It was a positive environment. I'm not saying there weren't problems, but it was over, overall, it was a positive environment. Amen. It was shaped by fishing poles and earthworms. Uh, those were the things that shaped my dads. I want to tell you, you better get involved in your children's lives. Uh, don't say, well, when they get this age or that age, then I'll get it. If you wait that long, there's going to be another reason why you wait for the next season. Now, I know you all want Holy Ghost preaching. I'm giving you some good practical living preaching. 
Your kids need to feel your hands in their lives on a daily basis. Look at what happened to Esau when his dad's hands were absent in his life. Esau walked into that room that day expecting the hands of Isaac to be placed on him. And Isaac's hands weren't there for the rest of his life. Esau would be tormented because of the absent hands of his father. I want to say to somebody today, you can change the future of your children. You can change the trajectory of their lives if you'll get involved. Final point, final verse, final, final, final. Maddie, prove it to him. Play something on the keyboard. This is it. Genesis 2 and 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God rested. On the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day. From all his work which he had made. Here's the final principle. God knew when it was the right time to rest. God knew when it was the right time to rest. Dads, today is your day. How many of you for Father's Day, you get a little, you know, extra attention? I don't want to raise my hand if I'm the only one. Then all you, all right. All right, they're going to take me out to dinner today. I got a card when I got up this morning. Cameron even said she might rub my feet for me. I asked her yesterday and she was like, no, it's not Father's Day. Which I interpreted as, on Father's Day she will. It's once a year. I'm going to milk it for everything it's got. After we eat dinner, I'm going to go home. We don't have a recliner, but I'm going to recline. I'm going to find somewhere to recline. Because this is my day of rest. Today, dads, we're going to be celebrated. A little bit of respite, withdrawal from the rat race of life. So in the literal sense, it's a day of rest. However, in the figurative sense, I challenge every dad in this room. And even if your children are grown up now, I challenge every man in this room today that it is not the season for rest. Hell is hopeful. Hell is counting on. In fact, hell is already manipulating the fact that fathers have declared this as a time of rest. Dads have withdrawn from their roles of leading their families. Dads are not the ones showing up at school meeting, at the school board meetings uh, to fight for their children in the perversion that is being proclaimed uh, by our school systems today. Guess what? Mostly it's moms that are doing it. I want to say to dads, it's not the day of rest right now. It's time for dads to stand up and get in the fight. Hell is hoping that fathers will declare this to be your day of rest. That fathers will stop praying. And fathers will stop worshiping. And fathers will stop fasting. But I've come today to tell you there is coming a day of rest. But right now it's a day of war. It's a day to fight for our families. It's a day to fight for our children. It's a day to worship. It's a day to pray. Stand with me. Hell is hoping that dads will spend more time perfecting their video game skills than they do their parenting skills. I'm not against video games. I don't, I don't play them myself, but I'm not against them. But I am against when it reduces your role as a father. Paul said there was a day that I put away childish things. 
Hell is hoping that we'll become more, we'll spend more time in the garage than we do kneeling down beside the beds praying for our children. Hell is hoping that we'll be more invested in our workshops than we are in our worship. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. Cheers.